welcome to another episode of The Privy. I am Courtney. And I am Boris. How are you this week? I'm good. I have a slight uh, cold, so if I start hacking away, you'll have to excuse me. Now, is that your highlight of the week? Because I love how you just don't even... You, you never asked what the highlight of the week was. Okay, so I'm sorry, because you don't let me get to it. Um, so, what is your highlight of the week? I got my work permit today in the mail. Oh, good. So I can now earn money in America. That's great. <laughs> I love how excited. <laughs> So employ me. That is fantastic. And what will you be job searching for? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's got to work for me, but <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what you're going to do with it. Okay, that works. What's your highlight of the week? Well, <laughs> I'll keep this very short for the listeners, but I did meet someone on Tinder. Um, and this is so funny because we just did a dating while gay episode. Yeah. So I'll have to keep everyone up to date, but it's been great. And it wasn't Tinder, it was Tinder Select. Oh, God. Yes, it was, it was on Tinder Select. A friend of mine who was a DJ asked me if I was on Tinder, and I was inactive for a while, and then he invited me to this Tinder Select, quote-unquote, and it was pretty great, and yeah, so we met, we swiped right on Monday, went on our first date Saturday, and we're, we were together Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, so um, yeah, it was great, and I'll keep you guys posted, but I'm very happy. And it's been amazing. Luke said you were going to keep that short. Uh, oh, oh, shady. I don't want to treat me like I'm like <laughs> some sort of, we're very happy for Courtney. Like, <laughs> I was challenging that problem for a while, but that bitch has returned. So, Boris, tell us what our so topic of the day is. Our topic of the day is a topic that I find very fascinating. Okay. Um, we're looking at whether we have a moral ethical responsibility to disclose an HIV status when we're having a one-night stand. Ooh, great. And on today's podcast, this is the very first time we've ever had a guest. Um, my friend, he's a travel writer and a HIV speaker. Give it up for Mr. David Durand. How are you today? I'm good. I have one question, though. How do I get on Tinder Select? Uh-huh. <laughs> This bitch has told me he's going to get me. No, okay, so Tinder Select, I will ask my friend and have him send it to you guys. I don't have... See, I am not... I'm not the... Listen, guys. I'm just trying to... I'm a scroll trying to get it up. Okay, that's all. Okay. On you have. So he has the Select, and I guess I am... Because but I'm now you're on the Select. You can do my research because I was going to bring Oh, so you think you. I can invite you? Yes, you can. I Googled it, and we can invite you as Perfect. well. Perfect. First of all, you're very creepy that you go. Anyway, um, how, back to you, David. I'll, I'll get that. Um, My invite to you. Your select invite as soon as possible. Um, David is a travel writer. Yeah, travel writer, uh, and then HIV advocate, speaker, mm-hmm. conferencer, all of the above. Okay. What are you first? A travel writer or an HIV activist? I'd say travel is 70%. Okay. Okay. But I sometimes incorporate both. Okay. So I might go to conference and then do a travel piece as well. Okay. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about, like, what you do day to day and um, why you are so relevant to be speaking on today's podcast. I don't know about relevance. (laughs) You are very relevant. (laughs) Very experienced and and is an expert at this, I think. Yeah, in the HIV world, I've been HIV positive for eight years. Okay. And I've been out in the world of advocacy for about five years. Okay. And it started all with um, writing a coming out piece. I called it, I think it was 
my second coming out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that was published in Huffington Post, and um, kind of did its thing, and led me to start writing for all the HIV magazines and blogs, and that led to speaking engagements and going to different conferences, and mm-hmm. kind of just becoming a voice and um, yeah, like a face to HIV. So. Uh, the San Francisco AIDS Foundation back in the day had me uh, do a campaign where I was one of their faces of HIV and I okay. kind of told my story and I don't know, I kind of like it. I, I like talking about my personal experiences and being able to give a face to people because it's still kind of a taboo topic where a yeah. lot of people don't want to talk about it or admit that they have it and, yeah. and I'm just out there like, hey, I'm a normal person, I'm traveling the world doing my thing. Oh yeah, and I also have HIV. Yeah. And so it doesn't define you. Doesn't define me, doesn't change me. It might have been the beginning, but exactly. yeah, I've worked through that. And speaking of the beginning, I know the story because we are um friends um outside of the businesses that we've kind of cross paths on. But can you tell us a little bit about like how you contracted it, how you found out and, and yeah, so the short version of how I contracted it was through a relationship I was in, and there was infidelity on his part, and I found out a year after um, the relationship ended. And yeah, so it was it was kind of traumatizing when I found out because I had been in a in a married relationship. So we were we were married yeah. and divorced, and I was single for a year, kind of just dealing with the breakup. Jesus. And then actually took my roommate at the time to go get his HIV test because he was having a scare. And he's like, can you please just go with me? And I'm like, I'll just get one with you. Right. And of course, I was the one that turned out to be positive. I forgot that, yeah, that part. Yeah, it was crazy. And yeah. it, it was, um, yeah, it was rough because it was something else on top of the breakup. Mm-hmm. So it was a good year of... Um, heavy drinking super yeah super depression like lost my work like got fired from my job because I wasn't showing up like it was a disaster did you tell them what was going on no I didn't tell anybody at the time yeah it's like a close group of friends and family but what was the what was the turning point for you that you kind of just got back on Um, with life and randomly and coincidentally actually I was working volunteering at the AIDS walk Mm -hmm. of the city I was living in okay and I didn't tell them when I found out because I was so embarrassed that I was volunteering for this organization and then here I am, HIV positive, which is weird because you would think they would be the first people you would turn to, but I was so, like, I was just embarrassed by the whole situation. But once I did open up to them, it kind of um, made me realize that, okay, I can get through this. Okay. Um, I had been counseling other people without but self-counseling myself without right. really even realizing it really right um and then i moved cities to a larger city because i was in a smaller place um and yeah i kind of hooked up with services there went to like group counseling and kind of met other people in the same situation i went to san francisco so of course <laughs> everybody there you know yeah, right. yeah so you, out. you were living with hiv for a year without any symptoms and- yeah i was never i never had any symptoms <clears throat> never had any issues with it um i was very lucky that when i was diagnosed my counts were very low and within three months i was undetectable and it's been eight years now in april that i've been undetectable now no that was a really good segue um speaking of being undetectable so your current status now um Tell us a little bit, like, uh, I guess about the medication that you're on or being detected and what that means. Okay, so the undetectable level means that there's a very minute amount of HIV 
strain within like the blood. Mm-hmm. So it means it's basically undetectable. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you're cured. You still have it. Right. Um, and that is kept and maintained by being on your HIV regimen. Mm-hmm. So I take a one pill a day, and I just take it at night. And as long as I take that every single day, and it stays in my system, I'm going to be fine. Like my levels are always going to be undetectable, and there's zero chance of. Well, I hate to say zero because everyone's going to nitpick that, but it's a very, very minute chance of uh, infecting somebody else right. when you're undetectable. There are scientific facts that have all said it's zero, but we can't say zero. We can say point zero 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 one, whatever. So close enough to the point where it's almost impossible to infect somebody when you're undetectable on medication and in a regimen. And I'll say this because it's scary for some people. They're like, oh, I'm undetectable. But if you get off your medication, you can easily become detectable again. You can easily transmit. So right. it is being undetectable, being on your regimen, and keeping to it, and still getting your whatever, if it's every three months or every six months or every year, getting your test and making sure that you're still at that level. And okay. So it's, it's maintaining that. So with that said... Um, going to our topic yes. of today, do you think it is your responsibility to share with a one a person that you may engage in sexual activity? A one night stand. A one. Say <laughs> <laughs> it as it is. Yeah. A one night stand. Um, do you feel it is your responsibility to share your your status with them? Well, let me ask you a question. Oh, oh shit! If you're having a one night stand, do you ask? someone's HIV status. I don't. Okay. Because you don't have one night stands. Well, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Thank you for knowing my life. Come on. Um, but yeah, typically you wouldn't. You wouldn't, right? It's not so, sexy. So why is it that, why would it be my responsibility then to bring it up? Mm. If, if you're the one, it's your body, right? You're okay. the one that's protecting yourself. Mm. It's your decision to ask, right? So uh-huh. it's their responsibility to ask. I think it's, either person's decision. Should it come up in conversation? I I personally like to bring it up. Um, it just depends on the situation. If I'm talking to someone on an app, uh-huh. to, not Tinder Select because I don't have it. But Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but I usually like to bring it up before I even meet the person because it just makes things so much easier. So, have you had a one-night stand with someone and not yes. just close? Oh. Yes. And it's come... Yeah. Was there, a, was there any... Unprotected sex. Oh, that's definitely not what I was going to ask, but I love how excited you are to say that. Was there any, what, A, was there any guilt or any part on your side? And have you ever had an occasion or a situation where someone then asked afterwards and then you had to, oh, do tell. Yeah. Go, yeah. Okay, so go, he just yeah. shook his head, yes, everyone. Y'all can't see. So, okay, so go. This happened about a year ago, and mm-hmm. I met some guy, we were in South Africa, mm-hmm. and um, we were very having a good time at a bar, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. Ended up back in my hotel room, and it was hot and heavy real quick, mm-hmm. and went straight into it, no questions asked, had unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. I immediately, like, after it was done, and kind of, like, I came to be, like, I felt super guilty. Mm-hmm. And I felt, and it was, like, and I could tell he was wanting to ask afterwards. And mm-hmm. he did. And he's, mm-hmm. like, you're not HIV positive, are you? And I'm, like... Shit, I kind of am. Wait. Know? So he asked me afterwards. Shit, okay. And so then it was just like the most 
awkward thing because how unsexy is that? Like, he yeah. just, you know, had sex and then... <laughs> I'm, asking you I'm so glad you could... Right? Um, and you knew you were... Un- yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. untransmittable at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And of course, like, that's the, the, the quick, you know, go-to. It's like, oh, don't worry, I'm undetectable. But that's still not... It's not an easy conversation to have. Right. Um, and the guy was really pissed about it. Like, oh, it was really? Like, huge. Um, like, he left and then... Um, I left South Africa, and then he ended up writing me this, like, nasty email, like, Ooh. you know, wanting to make sure everything was good, and he was all panicked, and I actually wrote a big article about it, and then I had a follow-up article, because it was it's so... Is the article published? Can, can he, people still go yeah, find it? somewhere on there. I'll have to send it to you. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting situation to be, like, having to deal with the aftermath of it, but um, usually in that... In, that's only happened a few times, but I, I usually try to flood them with as much information as I have mm-hmm. and not make excuses, but be like, here's all the information, like, here's links, here's things, like, here's who I am, I take care of myself, like, here's my doctor's, you know, my last results, like, everything should be fine, there's no issue. Mm-hmm. But do you think this is, because if I think he's having a go at you, it kind of makes you seem like the monster, because he's the one that's not asking, and he's the one that's mad at you. And going back to what you said, which I agree with, that he's responsible for his body, he's then writing you a nasty email as if you've gone out on purpose and done something consciously, perceptively right. irresponsible. And that's the thing is that uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't right. like I was hiding or being deceptive. If, if he would have asked me or if the conversation would have come up, even during or before, I would have just been like, hey, this is what's going on. But... Mm-hmm. There was alcohol involved, and that's an issue because that helps you forget everything, and you're just busy focusing on one thing. Right. But yeah, it's it's a tricky thing. So I really think if it's that if you're going to flip out about it, and if it's that crucial, and you're you're going to have a reaction like this guy did, then you should actually just bring it up every single time. Right. And be like, hey, what's your status? Right. But then that alludes to something else, or kind of pushes to something else because. Okay, we're having we're gonna have a hookup right now, and someone says, "What's your status?" And then I say negative, and he says negative. How do you believe me? How does that mean anything? That's true. So really, if you're not protecting yourself, whether that's being on prep, whether that's using a condom, or whether that's whatever your method of protection is, mm-hmm. uh, no intercourse, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's hard, you know. Yeah. Like I, I always tell guys that. Someone that's open about their HIV status, mm-hmm. like myself, 99% of the time, that's on medication, that's a safer hookup than someone that just says they're negative. Yeah. Because you're guaranteed that this person knows their status, mm-hmm. they're on their medication, they're mm-hmm. not transmittable. Anybody else could be, they might think they're negative, and they might not be. Mm-hmm. When's the last time they had the test? Or they, they could just be, right. or they could just be lying. Mm. You never know. Right. So, and I'm the same way, too, when I hook up, too. Like, I want to know about their sexual history too because there's other STDs out there right. that are still that's what I was going to ask right. no one says hey do you have syphilis <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that no they don't but why not but I just wish people could see you, your face like, too like, you, like do you have syphilis like it's a piece of candy but can't, <laughs> don't you guys like look like before like don't you kind of like know the signs of that like not if it's secondary syphilis uh, um, yeah. well yeah that's a good that's point I can't see that I do it <laughs> yeah, you do have to examine the situation before right. you 
you know what I once did? Oh, God. I, I, here we go. Here we go. I'm so once, scared as well. Never mind. <laughs> go ahead. Say it. I, yeah. was, I was performing oral sex on someone who had a scab, scab on his oh. shelf of his penis. Oh, God. And oh, God. I like, took notes. I went to the doctor and said, this is what it looked like. And then it was syphilis. You took what notes? Was it? Was it? No. Uh, she said it wasn't pussy enough. Or, like, Ew, uh, or moist Ew. enough. Because it was a dry scar. Ew. And then, going back... I don't know why that came up. <laughs> exactly. Me. Going back to David. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a situation where someone did ask you before, you told them your status, and then they declined? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what was that like for you? That's and, horrifying. Okay. Yeah, and that happens... Uh, that's very common. Yeah. So really? that's why I personally like to disclose prior to meeting. Because right. then it just gets it all out in the open. Mm-hmm. It's a shitty situation because sometimes you disclose before and then they just shut off and they don't want to get to know you and know anything about you. Right. So the, the reason some people don't disclose immediately is because they want to have that person get to know them as a person. Right. And then say, hey, this is also a part of me. Right. But for me, I just like to just cut straight to the chase right. and say, this is who I exactly. am. Exactly. Um, and then you don't want them in your life if they're that. Yeah, and I usually just link them to the article I've written about. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, this is, you know. Yes, be sending him, they work. I know that's right. It's another hit on the list. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, education. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's, it's crappy like when someone would reject, reject you. You know, you're already in bed, you're making out, and then they're like, what's your status? Well, I'm positive. Okay. And what about condoms? Just say, I'll use a condom. Yeah, I mean, some people don't like condoms. But I mean, then, that's the... Yeah, that's, a, different, yeah, yeah. that's a whole different... Yeah. Like, that's... Which is interesting. Um, and some people want... And some people are only about condoms. And some I mean, people want the HIV and the bug chases. Well, yeah, okay, that's, so that's, that's another topic. That's whole, I mean, I know, Boris, yeah. no, he'll yeah. try to switch the topic <laughs> yeah. up on an episode. Um, <laughs> that's too controversial. David, <laughs> David so... Have, back- has anyone ever asked you? No. To transmit? No. I've never had that. That, to me, is like an urban legend. There might be, like, a few people like that, but I can't imagine. So, back to David. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> as I'm giving boards B-side eye. Um, backing up, so you've had HIV for how many years now? Eight years. And Eight years. Yeah, just last month. So, let's backtrack, like, ten years ago. If you were being intimate with someone, and they, and, and you asked them, and they told you their status, would you have proceeded? Here's a shitty situation and a real story. So, like, 12 years ago, I was dating a guy, and we were maybe, like, two months in. Uh-huh. We were already, like, sexually active. Got it. And then he decided to disclose his status to me. Mm-hmm. And he was HIV positive. And I flipped out. Shut up. But yeah, because I was uneducated about yeah, the yeah. whole situation. Yeah. And I was naive, and I was younger. Right. And, but I was pissed that he waited so long to tell me. Right. And of course, I wanted nothing to do with him, and I treated him like crap. And... Of course, that's all come back to me many, many times, you know, right. since then. But it was a good learning experience for me because when someone is a dick to me, you know, that way, and they treat me right or wrong, um, I kind of forgive them because I understand that they might have been, or they might be in that same mindset that I was 12 years ago. Right, where it's yeah, just right. like ignorance. Right. just don't know about it. Right. But now with so much information out there, especially the being a gay great. man, like, right, like, I think everybody should be kind of informed at this point. Yeah. 12 years ago, I might have had somewhat of an excuse but right. now I feel like come on if you're going to treat someone like that it's, it's a little ridiculous right and what do you think about Grindr's decision or debate whether to allow users to filter well they do status? yeah they have it right I think they've already done it put your tribe but this is like actually white people off who are 
HIV positive, they, they don't even show up. I don't think it passed because of the uproar. Oh, wow. But they wanted to allow you to just I not see. I so let's know. just recap. So Grinder, which is the hook, would you call it a hookup it's a date? It's sex app, no? It's a hookup app, sure. I guess you would say, in the yeah. gay community, which is very popular. I'm sure we mentioned it's it before, one, but yeah. just in case someone's listening for the first yeah. time, they have, they tried to implement a, uh, like a, is that a filter? It's a filter. Okay. Basically, like, I mean, the same as saying, like, I don't want to see any what uh, women. Or, okay. or like age range, right? Age range, right. Yeah. So this was the idea was to just say I don't want to have anyone who identifies themselves as HIV positive, because you can I, right. identify as the pos tribe, but not everyone yeah. does. Not everyone does, and you can select people who are just right. positive, but that's like a positive thing. So you're actively searching and that's positive someone people, else. and that's on Grinder now. That's on Grinder now. Okay. But that like I search only for jobs, basic. So. Only I see... You didn't see the eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did an eye roll. Like, did you do an eye roll too, David? Yes, yes, well, anyway. But this is like a negative. So whether it's like... you, This, what they have now is... Let's say if you are, I guess, an HIV-positive person looking for other HIV-positive people. Right. That you can do, and it's not discriminatory in the same sense as just not wanting to see. Did yeah. you pronounce that right? I thought it was dis- discriminatory. I don't know. I don't speak English. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Matry, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, and, yeah. back to you, David. No, but I, I, I mean, honestly, if, if someone doesn't want... If they want to filter someone out and just be like, I don't want to date someone that's HIV positive, okay. It saves me the work. Yeah. If they don't... I'm okay with it. Are you... Are you on Grinder? Are you a Grinder user? If you don't mind me asking. I am on Grinder, but I don't do the tribes. Ah, so okay. I don't. Um, I disclose my age, which is a huge thing. <laughs> I don't just. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the tribes because I'm open to dating anybody, and I don't want to just filter out. And, and you would, I guess, limit yourself too because you don't know if someone is willing to date you. So I feel like it would right. be just. Yeah, but I'm pretty open. I'm like when I talk to someone. First of all, you usually. I travel so much that I get on Grinder just 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 to kind of conversation. Right. But meeting people is so rare for me. It yeah. just doesn't. I don't have the time for it. Uh, I wish I did though. So speaking of traveling and and I know Boris, you wanted yes. to speak a little bit about this in terms of medication. Like, how is that for you with taking your HIV medication? I know you said once a day, correct? But it has right, to yeah. be in your blood at certain levels. Yeah. The thing is, like, once you've taken the medication for so many months or years, it's already in your system. Mm-hmm. The doctor doesn't want you to skip a day or two or a week, but even if you skip months, it's not a good thing to do, Mm -hmm. but I've been in a situation before where I run out of medication, so I've done one every other day. Okay. You kind of space it out. And And then the doctor was mad. They're like, no, no, the best thing to do is just not take it for a month. And oh really? Then come back to it. They're like, really? Yeah, apparently, like mutation. Something about like yeah, the resistance yeah. and stuff. So it's better to not do that. But when I travel and I'm going to different time zones and things, I'm not going to stress out over it. Like, right. I, I always carry it with me. I never check it, so it's always on my person. Mm-hmm. And whenever it's dinner time, that's when I take it. So if I have two within a 24 hour period, it's not going to kill me. If right. I have one within a 48 hour period, it's not. So there's a lot of flexibility with it. I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, it's like prep when you only need to take it three days a week. That's what the science says. Yeah, we're going to get it done by the right, we're going to get it done yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not agree with that. Every day, take every single day, yes, no matter yeah, what. Without fail. And same with the HIV medication. Every, I mean, you really should take it every single day. Um, the habit forming as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I always just do it with dinner. And I always, I'll have a panic sometimes. I'm like, did I take it? And that's, mm. I think, my age. I'm like starting to forget. Now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm so young, I don't have those memory oh problems. Shit. <laughs> it was only because the nation I had a medical pillbox for the well, days of like my antihistamines and stuff. I mean, so it's not an age thing. Yes, for chunkers. <laughs> oh, my antihistamines. Shit, everyone knows I had hay fever. Um, <laughs> um, what else, David? So let's talk about some of. Um, I'm losing a train of thought. You mentioned prep earlier. Yeah. Um, tell us what prep is. <laughs> I know you, when it first came out, I can kind of remember you yeah, telling me I that you were so again. over again. You were over it at first, but now you are a supporter of prep, correct? Yes, my God, please, 100%. David yeah. Durant is a supporter of prep because I have, I was shunned for a while, and rightfully so, it was fine. Yeah. I, uh, with someone else that, um, what's his name? Oh, with Adam. Is that his name? Maybe how about for the people who don't know who Adam is? Right. Like, yeah. Okay, just stop, stop. Okay, okay, okay. We'll talk about Adam, or right. it wasn't his name, but backtrack. Um, what is PrEP? Okay, so PrEP is a pill that someone who's HIV negative uh-huh. can take once a day to help them not contract HIV. And I don't want to get into the scientific numbers of it, so... Say that one more time. Okay, so someone who's HIV negative, does Got not it. have HIV, can take this pill every day. Got it. And that prevents them from becoming HIV positive. Got it. The percentage is very, very high. I don't want to say in it, terms of of not contracting it. So it's like got it. I think three people have it. I think it's been like something like that. It's like yeah. Three. It's very. It's very. Out of thousands. Right. Got it. It's, it's a good thing. Negligible. Like it's definitely reduced the number of new infections. Um, when it first came out, though, I was living in San Francisco, and it was in a trial basis, mm-hmm. and all of my friends were on the trial. I wasn't, because I was already positive. But at that time, those people that were in my life taking the medication were taking it for their own personal reasons, which was they just wanted to have unprotected sex, and they were, right. they were that was their thing. Right. I may have had an issue with that in the beginning, because I was kind of concerned that why would anybody risk this? Like, I have it. How... I found it, like, kind of messed up. You know, I'm like, I have HIV. Why would you risk your yourself just because you don't want to use a condom? Right. Or And, and it was very prudish. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, my God. I think it's fair. It, it had its valid points, but at the same time, like, who am I to judge someone's sex life and, and what, you know, what's good for them and stuff? But... It worked out to where I wrote about it, of course, and it, it turned into this huge national debate where right. I was, like, hated by everybody. Right. Um, but then it's kind of changed, and I, I learned about it, and uh, no, I'm, like, a huge fan of prep now, and I love Got it, it, because it's really changed the way gay men especially have looked at HIV. They're learning about it, at least. If they're taking prep, that means that they're informed, and they're open to having sex with anybody. And they're getting tested regularly. And they're getting tested regularly. So it's it's kind of a safer situation for everybody. So now when I encounter a lot of the guys on Grindr, it'll even say in their profile, yeah. on prep. And to me, that's like, great. I can immediately say, well, I'm positive, you're on prep, we're good to go. Right. Now, do you think... Because I, I, I say that on my Grindr profile, that in on prep, I think it would still be... I'd have like if somebody said to me, "Hey, I'm positive. Let's have unprotected sex." I think I would still have a momentary like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, people still... take it for different reasons. Some people take it because they just want to have sex with whoever and, and have lots of unprotected sex, and that's right. totally fine. Right. And there's other people that are just taking it to protect themselves, and they're still cautious. Right. Um, okay. I only have unprotected sex when, at this point, this is my rule. Uh, if someone is on prep, 
and they are open to it. I never push it. I never, I, I don't care to me. It doesn't matter using a condom or not. That's my personal preference. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never push it just because someone's on prep. I say, okay, then we can have unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I leave it up to them. Right. As long as they know my status, I'm undetectable, and they're on prep. As long as they're on prep and they're comfortable with it, then I'll have unprotected sex. Right. But I've learned my lessons in the past, so now it's like, unless they're on prep, I don't want to deal with it. Got it. So what type of people do you think should go on prep? Because you can't say every gay man should go on prep. No, I think anybody that's, that's having casual sex. Mm. You know, Even if they're always using a condom? You still think it's... Well, I mean, do you know the percentage of condom protection against HIV? 90-something, mm. I want to say. Mm. I might be totally wrong, so don't quote me, but... Um, it's been a tie. Yeah, but so, I mean, do you think it's unnecessary for us? No, I mean, if you're using a condom religiously and that's your thing, and that's the way you have sex, and you're never going to have a fear of having a night where you can't reach the condom or you're too drunk to mm. find it, mm-hmm. then fine, don't do it. But I think really prep is... For people that are taking control of their sexual, you know, lives and that are wanting to have, you know, freedom in sex and that they're comfortable that maybe they don't want to use a condom with this one person or it could be sex workers. And that's also a a great, you know, candidate for PrEP. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of demographic of people. There's a whole other podcast, but there's a lot of people that should be on prep mm-hmm. that don't have access to it. Because mm-hmm. right now it seems to be like one demographic has all the access to it, and that's great. And, and, and we and we've talked about that before in yeah. off off record um, with Boris. We definitely need to discuss that. So um, we will um, question to you because we're almost out of time. Um, how would you recommend someone? really educating themselves. Um, I think one of the most beautiful things about the podcast, even for me, is I came into this thinking one way. I was... I would have said probably 90% I thought that the person that is HIV positive does have the responsibility. But after hearing your story and just through the education that you even shared in this past 29 minutes... um, how would you recommend people educate themselves on HIV as a whole? And, and I mean, because there's so much that we didn't even cover. Um, so how would you recommend they go about doing that? I think everyone should have at least a basic knowledge of what HIV yeah. is and uh-huh. how it's contracted. Uh-huh. You know, just at least know that. Yeah. Um, know the risks of what could happen right. if you contract it. Know what the worst case scenario is. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and learn about PrEP, whether you're going to take it or not. It's good to know that it's there and that the option is there. So yeah. I think just knowing a basic knowledge or talk to someone who's HIV positive, right. you know, that, that always helps. Yeah, because you definitely opened my eyes um, on okay, a lot. Good, done here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even just today, but even prior. Because um, me and David, I remember, when, where did we go? Was it Stonewall that day? Yeah, we got we did. twisted. We got so drunk. Um, we had such a good time. And that was the first time... I think you share that that actual personal story, and I learned so much from that. Because um, I think people, because <laughs> I think it is such a taboo yeah. still yeah. thing that a lot of people just like kind of disregard. But it is something that affects our community. And if there was anybody listening who doesn't know about the basics of HIV contraction, and what would be your like top five do's and don'ts? Yes, top five. Top five, do you just like top three, huh? Top three, oh, you want top five? five, like one on one, like HIV. Okay, you need to know how do you, you know, can you get it from kissing? No, yeah, so I think like, it, yeah, it'd be top. important to know, yeah, so yeah, 